Welcome to the Journey to Midwifery podcast. This podcast platform is for midwives to tell their story. This is where you get to hear the how and the why a person is called on this journey to midwifery. I'm your host, Amber Wilson, a midwife myself, and I came up with this idea so that all those people asking these questions had a place to go to find answers. I hope you enjoy these stories as much as I enjoy recording them. Another episode of Journey to Midwifery podcast, and I have this week Lexi, who's a certified nurse midwife. She's going to share her story with us. So hi, Lexi. Thanks for coming. Thanks for having me. All right. Well, let's get into it. So I always like to ask my very first question is, uh, well, first tell me where you're at. Let's talk about that. And then we'll go into why you became a midwife. Yeah. So I um, live in Livonia, Michigan, just about 20 minutes outside of Detroit and born and raised in the Metro Detroit area. Do you practice in Detroit? Um, so the hospital that I deliver out of is in Royal Oak, so just right outside of Detroit, and we have offices in Birmingham and Oxford. Okay. So. All right. I don't know the area, but other people probably do. <laughs> All right. So what brought you to midwifery? What called you to it? Honestly, I feel like it's the universe just kind of aligned things to make this perfect profession for me. (laughs) Um, So I was actually born with um, a condition called Turner syndrome. Um, So I have 45 chromosomes instead of 46. Um, So reproductive health care has really been involved with my entire life because of that. Um, and then I was applying for colleges, really wasn't sure what the heck I wanted to do. Um, I applied and got into nursing school at U of M. Um, nursing seems like a good, flexible, safe route <laughs> to take. Um, and then my junior year, I actually... Um, got to labor and delivery um, for a week clinical and I absolutely fell in love with it. Um, I got to see some of my first bursts with um, some of the midwives on um, at U of M and I just needed to know everything. <laughs> um, I took an extra class actually my senior year that was an independent study in midwifery and it just kind of ended up being like this is what I am meant to do with my life (laughs) so I actually applied um for midwifery school my senior year of undergrad um at U of M and got in um so went straight from undergrad to grad school both at the University of Michigan Nice. That's pretty cool. They have that kind of class for undergrads. Yeah. So I was kind of, they don't really advertise it that much. It's just surprising, but it's kind of basically like extra, you can make your own class Mm -hmm. Um, and you can kind of do an independent study and kind of whatever you're interested in. So I kind of used it to take 
advantage of my time there with the resources that I had to learn as much as I could and got to shadow some of the midwives there um, in clinic um, and on labor and delivery some more than I would have in my like one semester of L&D with just the nurses. That is really good because then you probably got a really good feel of do I want to do this? A lot of people don't get to do that. That's cool. It was a great way to kind of take advantage of that. Mm -hmm. So how did you, I assume you went before COVID. So how was the graduate program set up at that time? Yeah, so I was in um, graduate school from 2014 to 2017. um, And it was mostly in person, but semi-hybrid model. Um, It was essentially we were in class in person about one day a week. Um, The first year, it was kind of your um, introductory classes, you know, farm, patho, health assessment kind of thing. Um, And then second year, you got um, to be more in the midwifery integrated. um, And it's kind of set up so where we had each semester is a different focus so there is a semester on um like um well woman mm-hmm. antepartum intrapartum um and then a final like integration course where you're kind of putting it all together um the first couple semesters with um well woman antepartum and intrapartum there was a combination of like in-person and um, like one to two days a week of clinical. Um, and then the last semester with integration, you're basically working a midwife schedule um, but the first month of the month of the semester was like an intensive kind of classes with some high risk content. Um, and so we were in class about three to four days a week for a couple of weeks. Before clinical. Right, before. Okay, our, I was going to say that. Be well, before our last right. clinical. So clinical is kind of interwoven each mm-hmm. semester. Yeah, but those weeks didn't, was it class and clinical? Right, right. Yeah, that'd be busy. Yeah. Um, very. Um, so did you have any other responsibilities at that time, like working or a family or anything like that? Yeah. So because I went straight from undergrad to grad school, um, I didn't have any RN experience like going into the program. Um, so I worked as a nurse um, almost full time up until the last semester uh, where I took an educational leave. Um, so the floor that I worked on, it was a post-op surgical floor um, at U of M hospital that specialized in ear, nose, and throat surgery, and then also um, plastic surgery with reproductive, um, or with yeah, reconstruction, um, and also gender reassignment cases. So that was definitely an interesting and unexpectedly applicable um, experience. Yeah, yeah. That's that's really cool. Um, so I always ask about how you paid for school. That's always a popular question. Yeah. Um, so I 
significant portion of it was student loans. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Small amount of scholarships through the school and through applying through FAFSA. Okay. Um, and then with working, um, work did provide a small amount of tuition reimbursement. Okay. So how did you find your first job and how long after you graduated until you started? Yeah, so I basically throughout my um, under throughout my grad school experience, I was really involved with the American College of Nurse Midwives. Um, so went to a bunch of those events and really hit the ground running with networking, making connections, um, and things like that. So it was really kind of through those connections that I um, got my first job. I graduated in May, um, and then I think started at the end of, or no, graduated beginning of May and started my first job at the end of June. Wow, that is fast. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh. Did you have like local ACNM groups? Is that what you mean by networking? Yeah, so we have like our state affiliate. Mm-hmm. Um, so we would have like two in-person meetings a year. We would have like a fall business meeting, a winter retreat, in addition to like the national um, meetings where we'd have like an affiliate meeting. So it was really through those meetings that I started making those connections. That's a really good idea. Definitely good advice. <laughs> Because you got hired really fast. Yeah. Um, are you still at that same practice? I am not. Okay. Um, so it actually recently closed, but I ended up, um, so that practice was in the middle of Michigan and I was kind of just looking to dive right in. So I didn't get too rusty with clinical practice. Um, and since then, that was about like two, three hours away from where I'm living now. So since I've moved back to Metro Detroit, it's a different practice. Okay. So you moved there to work at that practice and then moved back? I did have, I had another job in between our work to actually at Planned Parenthood Okay. Um, for two years. Um, first practice, it just did not end up being um, a good fit. Okay. Yep. And then um, I joined this practice because um, I wanted to get back into full scope midwifery after working at Planned Parenthood. Yeah. Cause that's just clinic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that it is important for people to realize like your message there is that if it's not a good fit, it's okay to leave. Absolutely. And I think that's hard for our personalities to do sometimes. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I feel like, especially there is a lot of stigma, I feel like, about mm-hmm. job hopping. Yeah. But at the end of the day, if something something can be the right fit for you at the beginning of your career, but not what you're going to be doing for the rest of your life. Or right. Things yeah. So. so what is your work life now like? What's your schedule like? How do you, yeah. how does that? So right now I'm in a small practice. It's me. Um, one other midwife and our supervising physician. Um, so the other midwife and all, I split call 50-50 between uh, the midwife patients. Um, and then I'm in call 
um, or in an office three days a week uh, on call about every other weekend um, and two and a half days a week. But that's including like some overlap with office. Mm -hmm. Um, And with our patient, with our volume, it isn't like crazy unmanageable or anything. What's your volume? I think right now, because we are a new practice, that practice actually just started just over a year ago. Um, but we have about like six to 10 patients due a month. So. Okay. Yeah, that's doable for two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Any more than that, you probably got to start thinking about another one. Right, right. Yeah. But you're just, you're hospital. It's not out of hospital. Right. The actual birth, yes. It's okay. Yeah. Okay. That's nice. So for a new grad in your area, um, do you have any thoughts on what they might expect for salary? Um, so I guess really obviously like depends if like full scope versus, um, just clinic, but Mm -hmm. generally the ballpark is about like 80 to 95, 85 to 95. Mm-hmm. And is it like affordable to live there yes. in that area? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I assume, you, I'm sure you don't know all practices, but they offer things like healthcare and, and all the benefits and things like that. Yes. Okay. Um, in some form or another, I've been practices that offer medical but not dental and things like that but sure. I don't think I know of any that don't offer any I feel like the salary in general across the board are fairly comparable when you like look at the breakdown between what else they're offering outside okay. of the salary between CEUs revenue time off um benefits and things like that yeah because that's other not necessarily salary but it's still kind of income yeah that maybe we don't always think about yeah absolutely what's the um like autonomy for midwives there what does your state say what are the um laws so technically we are a required to practice under the supervision of the physician um with independent prescriptive authority okay Uh, so it's definitely an interesting dynamic I know that we have a decent amount of midwives in our um ACNM affiliate that are really trying to push hard to make some strides and getting us one step closer every day to independent practice but yeah. Does that put any kind of hindrance on the state's um, birth centers and home births? Um, or do you know? So I've, I honestly don't feel like I know all the specifics. I know of more specific stories. I know there's one um, birth center in Michigan um, that technically is not owned by the midwife, um, but by her partner. And the midwife actually owns the um, staffing contracting company because of some regulations. Yeah. Around that. Well, uh, it's good that they could find kind of a, a way around that. Right. Um, and then, so it, 
we in Michigan, we have, as certified nurse midwives, we practice under um, the Board of Nursing. Um, so it's like a specialty certification on our nursing license. Um, but there um, just recently started um, licensing um, certified professional midwives. Oh, okay. So um, that has been definitely, I think, some kind of deciphering the nuance and helping the legislators decipher the nuance. And yeah. Between the two, there's been a whole lot of um, clarification, delineation, I guess, that still needs to happen. Yeah, that makes sense. And, you know, they might not always understand the dynamics of our licensing. And gosh, sometimes I feel like we don't understand it. Right. 1000%. Yeah. So <laughs> I get it. Um, so anything else you want to add? Any like good books you're reading? Anything you recommend to somebody that's aspiring to be a midwife? Like something to read, something to watch, anything like that? Um, one of my go-to references um, for clinical practice, I love the midwifery and women's health um, clinical practice guidelines books. That has always just been a great resource if I ever have any questions about clinical practice guidelines. Um, I actually just, it's a piece of fiction, but it has midwives in it, um, outlawed by Anna North. Oh, okay. Very interesting um, book about um, midwives in the pioneer time. Nice. <laughs> so it's definitely a fun read for when people get a break on call. <laughs> yeah. Any apps you use often at work? Um, use the ASCCP app. <laughs> For PAP guidelines, always a go-to. Um, I think it's called Mommy Med. Mm -hmm. um, I know that one. For, yes, it just helps with like lactation for some of those odd meds. Um, those are some of the big ones. I also semi made myself my own app. I call it an app, but it's really just sometimes you can, um, it's an app that's really just a link. Um, I'm, I keep track of all my births on like a Google form doc. Yeah. So I have a link in an app form yeah. on my phone um, that takes me to my form to fill out yeah. birth stats and data. So I highly recommend people keep track of their own data um so you'll be surprised how quickly it catches up with you and how you, it's just a nice reminder and will bring yeah. you back to why you started becoming a midwife in the first place yep and if you change jobs they will often ask like how many births you've done in the last year and things like that so it's handy to have that accessible that's a Absolutely. good point that is a good idea so thank you for sharing your story. Do you have anything else to add? Um, I think that is it. Okay. Um, 
Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. It's great talking. Yeah. It's a good story. Short and sweet. We like it. <laughs> I like to get right to the point. <laughs> okay. Podcast family. That was Lexi's short and sweet story of how she came to midwifery. I hope you enjoy it. If you liked this episode, please take a moment to Review it, give a great, wonderful five-star on whatever podcast platform you listen. I would appreciate it. And send me suggestions for people to have bring onto the podcast or even better, volunteer yourself. You can find me at journeytomidwiferypodcast at gmail.com or on Instagram at journeytomidwiferypodcast. Until next week.